Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, brought to you by Zwift. Find your fun with the cycling app where fun is fast. I'm Graham Wilgos, talking stage 20 of the Tour de France with Sir Bradley Wiggins. And Brad, we're saying a massive congratulations once again to Team UAE's 22-year-old Tadej Pogacar for retaining his yellow jersey with another masterful performance beyond his years. Yes, absolutely. We're in the van for another pod, Brad, aren't we? Driving from Bordeaux Airport, where we we've are. just picked up the... A new van, because you ripped the door off your McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's drive through incident earlier, um, which I feel bad about. You should. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's good to be crucified on the podcast. I thought you'd be going a lot harder on me, actually. No, no, no. Look, these things happen. Those things sort of happen to me normally. I'm normally the one. I'm just glad it was you this time. So we've got a, we had a slide door, a sliding back door. And uh, yeah, it was, it was open while we were traveling through the, um, through the drive through to, to pick up. Oh, post-race Well, meal. someone opened it, didn't they? I, I opened it and um, I was got, distracted. Didn't close it again before we, before like we started a, moving. Like a tin of tuna. <laughs> yeah, so we were stuck on the side of the road. Fortunately, we got, we got it on our way again um, with the help of the manager. Say so thank you to him. Just before the UAE bus turned up, which brings us back to Tadej Pogacar today. His ride, so he finished eighth on the day. We should also say well done to Wout van Aert for taking his second stage win of the Tour de France in today's 30.8 kilometer time trial. Tade though, riding in, I know you're on the bike behind him. Yeah. A special moment for him, knowing that he's he's all but sealed a yes. second yellow jersey, but also as a special moment for you. Yeah, I mean, I actually got a little bit of motion on the bike because the noise, the crowd, there was a lot of people on the roadside today and they were, they were sort of a sea of crowd in the road and they were parting as Tade was coming up to him. So it was kind of very narrowed down. The road was sort of a, a car width, you know, with the crowds coming onto the road. And But before I got to him, I was following Vindegaard. Mm. And we stopped at the roadside. There was just me and Adam, actually, behind Vindegaard. Adam Blythe, who's also who's on the race with the NBC on the motorbike. And one team car, and that was it. We were, it was, so we followed him for a bit, stopped at the roadside, and then jumped in behind Tade when he came along. And just watching the helicopter come over the tops... And you couldn't see Tade, but you could feel that he was approaching and listening to the raw noise coming up the road. And he came shooting through and the crowd went crazy. And then we jumped in behind him, but there must have been 15 bikes, four or five cars, a press car. So it was just chaotic. And we were, we were at that point, we were in a race behind then, all trying to get lined up to get as close to him as possible. It was, it was quite something, it's quite enthralling actually. At that moment, then, I followed him right to the finish, so the, probably the last 10K. He was shifting, and he was putting everything into it. Because I heard Brian Smith on commentary say that he was, you know, just took it easy today or didn't give it full gas. But he was going, I'm telling you. He was rocking and rolling. Mm. It just shows that after three weeks of racing, um, and as strong as he's been, Vindegaard, as, you know, he's, he's not infallible. 
he is beatable, if you like, on his day, considering how dominant he was in that first time trial, particularly over Van Aert. So, so to watch him give his all, but for me, I, it took me back nine years to um, the 2012 time trial, the last time trial, and I was in, a very, in the same position as him. I, I haven't been on the motorbike in a time trial in the last couple of years since I've been doing this job because mm. I missed both time trials because I've been away. I wasn't on the race. I um, I remember it being the, the the loneliest and most solitude place in the world, being in that time trial with the whole world watching you as the leader of the Tour de France. Everything that's going through your mind after three weeks of racing, the closer you get to the finish, and it reminded me of I knew exactly what he was going through because mm. uh, I remember I, it. it well, it's the first time I've been back at a time trial at the Tour de France that close to it since I won, because I've never been back since. Mm. So I, it, it, it was a rush of emotion for me there. And as I say, it's the most solitary place and the loneliest place, because you, at that moment, you can't rely on anyone else other than yourself and the bike. But I didn't realise the cavalcade that was behind you, which must have been behind me when I look back because it's it's madness and everyone's just that's how much everyone's watching you mm. I, I was in i was in this sort of cavalcade of the world's press with the roadside the people on the roadside the helicopter above all watching this this lad about to win the tour de france and that although you're aware that the spotlight's on you to that extreme you don't look round in a time trust so you're never aware that everything's behind you like that that shows how focused you are when you're doing it and it, it was it was it was the first time I'd seen it from the other side of the fence, and it was quite something actually. Re I realised the magnitude of what he was about to achieve, mm. and in doing so, probably reflected on my own as well, which I probably have never done to that point from the time trial point of view. But it was a happy emotion. Yeah, it was a it was a realisation that you know I've done this, and it was quite nice actually, and I, I knew exactly what it felt like. The only difference was that I won the last time trial. Tade finished eighth today. But um, nonetheless, I, I had the utmost respect for him in that moment. It really yeah. has grown on me the last couple of days. It's sort of uh, loneliness in a crowd kind of thing. It's not just a crowd, it's the whole world. Yeah. That's how big the Tour de France is. It's huge. Yeah, I like that. I love that. Brad Pogaccio finished, as you say, eighth, 50 seconds down. Sorry, 57 seconds down today. Going from Van Aert, as we say, took the took the line first. Kasper Asgren, 21 seconds away from him in the end. He was in the hot seat for a while. Jonas Vingegaard, who you were so impressed with as well today at yeah. 32 seconds. For such a young rider and for a guy who didn't come into this race with, with GC aspirations, he was in a support for Primoz Roglic, remember? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's he's he's really grown into his role too. Yeah, I mean he was he did an amazing ride today. For such a little guy, he time trials very well. I mean I followed him for a bit. It's not aesthetically beautiful on a bike, if you like, on the time trial bike anyway, but the extremity of the effort what he was putting through the bike, it wasn't pretty, but he got the job done mm. and it was uh, he was fully committed from the start. I followed Carapace for a bit. He started really slow, you know, he was like going out on a club run and went through the first check 29 seconds down then really sort of you could see his body language change because I think he'd realised just how much he'd lost in that first but I noticed I was watching him in the start house I was watching a lot of the riders in the start house before you go up to the ramp and Carapaz was sat there and he looked terrified but he might look like that anyway I don't know I don't really spend any time around him but I noticed he poured water on his legs which I would have hated mm. I, I you know, why I, would you hate I don't that? know it was maybe an anxiety thing 
I've, riders pour water on their wrists because that, that cools your core temperature down. Mm. But it was weird to sort of have water running down your legs on your shorts and I wouldn't have liked that before a time trial. And then he got up and he fist pumped Vingegaard sat next to him yeah. as if to say good luck. I wouldn't have done that as well. I've spoken a lot about that before with Cadell. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it showed a defeatist attitude before he set off that he knew he wasn't going to get those six seconds back. Subsequently, he lost two minutes to Vindegaard. Yeah, so overall now he's finished at 7.03. Yeah. Third on the podium still. So he's the first Ecuadorian to finish on the podium at the Tour de France. Yeah. But he's a way off Vindegaard at five minutes and 20 from yeah. Tadej Pogacar. And way off, I mean. But to be fair to him, you know, Carapesco, you know, he's... He saved Ineos's tour, if you like. If I know it's not success for them. That's not the level of success because they've very been accustomed to winning all the time. But they did have to change plan. You know, let's remember Geraint Thomas was the leader of this race and had that accident and was, you know, wasn't the same since. But special mention to G for getting through the race because, you know, you consider what he's been through in this race. So Ineos have pulled it together and have come away with the podium. And, and for, for Carapaz individually, that's his second Grand Tour podium. Mm. Uh, after winning the, the Giro, of course. G actually said it was mentally and physically the hardest race, the hardest tour, sorry, he's ever done. Yeah, I can Which, imagine. considering he rode the tour with a broken pelvis, yeah. is, is quite some statement. Yes. Just to linger on that Carapaz and Vingegaard fist bump just a little longer, you were saying that you, you, you were looking at your, your own comparison with Cadell Evans. You needed to hate him, almost. Yeah, I just not, not just, just him, but I think anyone in that situation in the start house you're you're going to war or it feels like you're going to war at the time and it there's a psychological warfare going on as well and it's a moment or a time when you can really off put your opponents by not really doing much yeah. but by being friendly and you know it's a bit like when you see footballers coming down the tunnel shaking hands and stuff before the game yeah yeah you know and you wanted to see a bit more Roy Keane about them well not you don't really have to don't have to be fighty or aggressive or confrontational but just um sometimes some things are best left not said you know but to you know, to wish your opponent good luck before you set off when the gap's only six seconds. Yeah. And he instigated it. So if I was sat there as Vindegaard, that says a lot to me. Yeah. You know. So yeah. You don't think it was a? Well, no, it's just not something I would have done. Yeah. And, and I would nice nice. If I was in a coaching role or you know mentoring role for someone like that, I would tell them to keep their focus. I mean that that straight away is your lack of focus. Your your constant. His his. The whole time trial, thing of a time trial, is your, it's the race of truth. It's you focusing on your own individual effort. And that, that moment, it's just as you're about to get into the start house, two minutes to go, your, you sh your line of eyesight should be that focused. I mean, I used to sit with my back to the cameras and things there mm. and focus on, it was just, you know, keep your focus on one thing and it's going through the process of going off that ramp and how you're going to feel when settling into your rhythm. That tells me straight away that, you know, when people say they can't time trial, they don't do a good time trial, that it, time trialling, I mean, I was listening to that Dan Bingham all day, you know, and he's, he's very good at what he does and this, that and the other, and, you know, he's very clued up, but it, it's all a bit too much for me. It, it has its place. Time trialling for me is not just about what booties you got on or what your position, all that is really does count. And you do all that in the wintertime to get your best position there. But when you think most of the, the teams now all have good setups and equipment and this, that and the other, there's something that differentiates everyone and that's more of a mental thing mm. and it's not when people say oh I'm not really a good time trialist but why are you not a good time trialist and it, for me it's about focus and mental mindset going into it it's like going into a boxing match and that ring walk mm. it's the mindset you get into that's a big part of it is that that focus you have you shouldn't be aware of your opponent sat next to you I, he was sat very close to me as well I wouldn't even be sat next to him I'd yeah. keep out his way because that tells me there's a lack of focus and that's why that 
that's why he lost two minutes as well. Yeah. And I think I could change that. And it's amazing no one Ineos there's no one at Ineos that is a time troll like you have a goalkeeper coach in football. They don't have a time troll you know, you have the coaches like Tim Kerris and people like that and the aerodynamics team and this stuff. But no one's there on the ground coaching in that moment. They have a mechanic holding the bike, but no one's there on the ground. Most teams don't. And you do on the track. Your coach will be there next to you when you sat in that chair before you get up for the Olympic final. They don't have it in, in cycling. And sometimes, like I say, it's the loneliest place to be when you're an athlete. And sometimes you probably want someone there just giving you a pat on the back saying, come on, keep folks. Don't start punching his fist. Just forget about him. Mm. You know, and it, it's it's that. It's like having a corner man in a boxing match. Not that, not having that marginal gain, big miss for Ineos. Do you think something? Marginal gain. It's not a marginal gain. For me, it's a must. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to, I'm not going to, that's what I would do. And I'm not going to say that's a marginal gain. Marginal gains. It's just a buzzword. Yeah. It's about doing, getting the basics right. You know? Brad, we're sponsored by Zwift, the cycling app where fun is fast but also unlocks performance. I'm a big fan getting on there with the boys, David and Stephen, as you know. Yeah. I've been exploring a few of the training plans. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Well, training plans on Zwift help you improve every single time. I'm currently on board with G's training plan. Garrett Thomas, fun is flying uphill. I bet that's a tough one. It's not easy. This workout focuses on improving your muscular endurance, a pillar of any great time trialist like you, Brad, mountain climber or stage racer, to help you deal with hard surges and improve your ability to fly uphill. That's quite good, Graham. Is that, and do you find it's helping you improve? Helps you improve just because it's so easy to use. And if you want to find out just how simple that is, there's a special offer, a seven-day free trial. Find out more, download the app today. One man who did get the basics right today was Ben O'Connor. Did um, he? I didn't he really did. see how he got on, actually, to be fair, because I was, I was up on the bike following certain riders. And I kind of missed him. He's sort of flown by me this tour. Yeah. Subsequently finished fourth, hasn't he, which is fantastic On GC, ride. yeah. Yeah. But i kind of forgotten about him since teen and forgot he was in the race because yeah. he's just been hovering. He, he shone very brightly and, and has since, well, not quite faded away. So he just needed to do enough to... F- to finish ahead of Wilco Kelderman and subsequently he's finished 11 seconds off of him on GC so congratulations to him for holding on to his fourth spot there how was it on the bike today otherwise Brad? I mean it was pretty good other than that I followed, managed to follow quite a few riders well, followed Stefan Kung he ran out of gas today hey? yeah I mean he's just three weeks of racing you could like again you know they're all raving about his bike, his position, his um, handlebars his booties, his chain ring he's this, he's that weight downhill and all this but at the end of the day you can't you know you've got to have the legs he couldn't pull his skin off a rice pudding that second half today yeah we should say a we, we were almost getting onto a last dance theme there as well with the sort of the the rivalry and, and needing to almost demonize someone in your head andre greipel has come out and said this morning that it's his last dance this tour de france yes he will retire at the end of the season a uh, day after his 39th birthday, so he's taken the decision after 158 victories in his career, the most of any current active rider. And he's returned to winning ways this year after a two-year drought, uh, winning stage four of the Vuelta Andalusia and the Trofeo Alcudia. So, I mean, you know Andre well, you've ridden with him. Yes, lovely You've, you've uh, led out Cav against him yeah. several times. Let, let out. Cav and Greipel together. Actually, yeah. we were in the same team at the Giro in 2008. Yeah. He's a great lad, Grandre. One of the nicest lads you'll meet. Big giant of a man. 
And I hope he has a good retirement. He's a, he's a lovely guy. 11 Tour de France stage victories for him yeah. from 2011 to 2016, which you almost you almost forget he's got that many. Well, there was a period where he was one of Cav's closest adversaries, rivals, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been a great great rider, and a great asset to this peloton. Yeah. Matej Mohoric, we should return to after his controversial gesture to the camera after crossing the finish line solo yesterday. Yeah, I mean, what was the news about that today? Did anyone pick up on it? Well, he's... Was it, I'm, I'm, we can say he's received an awful lot of vitriol, an awful lot of... Uh, an awful lot of spite has come his way really? in the 24 hours since, yeah. yeah. So the just, just to uh, make it plain, he crossed the line and he... So he pointed to his pointed to his jersey, Victorious to say Bahrain victorious, and then he did the resembled the, the a zip across his mouth, zip lips, yeah, yeah, zip it up, which of course was a gesture that has become infamous since Lance Armstrong. Yeah, and broke I said over. straight away, oh, you yeah. know, that's gonna that's gonna cause some ripples. I bet I bet Twitter pissed its pants. It did indeed. Yes. 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 Um, but yeah. going normally after, does Twitter. It doesn't take much. So so that that gif of him doing the the zip lip after going after Filippo Simeone at the tour in 2004 and and that was sort of seen as the look it's it's an amerta thing yeah. you, you don't speak out against me you don't bring the sport that yeah. you don't bite the hand that feeds you by making clear that Michele Ferrari uh, was uh, his his methods favored doping yeah um, what did you make of it for for Mohoric because we don't know the ins and outs of oh, what's going on clue, at Bahrain no. I mean look he did that didn't he at Bahrain Victoria I, just, I mean when he did it I just knew that oh, I mean maybe he should have it's hard isn't it for these guys because you know they he'll probably might be angry and you know unfair feel that he was treated unfair but at the end of the day I know that gesture is associated with Lance of course people will associate with Lance yeah but not everyone will and it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing all that amerta bomb and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's just a way. It's a universal way of of saying something, isn't it? Yeah. But and and it you know that gesture unfortunately doesn't give context either. So the poor lad has f-ed himself a little bit, isn't he? Because <laughs> it's it's synonymous and associated with the time before he was probably even born. Well, you'd have been quite, nine. But you'd have been yeah. nine. Yeah. So it's not necessarily look. I'm repeating what Lance did. He's just a unit. The guy's Slovenian, isn't he? And it's a worldwide jet. Anyone around the world will know that. But I think he should have, you know, and it's very easy to say this in hindsight because y- your emotions are running high. You're, you're, you, you act on instinct. And he might regret it now. But he, he made a statement yesterday, didn't he, on the bike. And I think he could have, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but could, that was enough. Um, I don't think he needed to, to com- conflate the two. Yeah. You know? He spoke very well about it afterwards, actually. Well, there saying you go. So there's the context. I felt like a criminal, I mean? he yeah. said. Um, when they go through your personal photos of your family, through your phone, your messages, it feels a little like this. Well, there you go. But at the end of the day, I have nothing to hide, so I don't care too much about other people checking through my stuff. But it's okay at the end, I hope. So that's all in the context of, of course, yeah. Bahrain Victorious's hotel being raided. Yeah, so it's not really about the murder and doping and all that, is it? Sure. I mean, but, I, that, but that's what Twitter will lean towards straight away, you know? Yeah. Which isn't really a demographic for what the real people in the world think. Quite right, too. Tomorrow, then, looking forward to the last stage. It seems to have got here quick. Stage 21 onto the Champs Elysees, 108.4 kilometres. Champagne and sprints tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that is. It's going to be a great day. 
it's always a, it's always an emotional day going back to Champs Elysees. It's the most beautiful setting in the world to finish a bike race. There's the sunsets coming down the Seine, across to the Place de la Concorde, and onto the Champs. I can't wait. What's the mood like in the bunch before the real race? Well, everyone's kicks friends off. and everyone's yeah. laughing, joking. It's a bit. It's a bit pants, to be honest. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like, it's a bit tacky. Yeah, yeah. You know, and everyone's like, oh, being stupid. People change bikes and someone rides on a small person's bike. Someone rides on a big person. Everyone's back. Someone will grab an ice cream from the side of the road and ride along eating that. It's all a bit limp. Yeah. You know, and then you get to the outskirts of Paris, the speed starts going up. Everyone starts swearing and jeffing it. It gets back to normal. Yeah. The photos at the start are great, but it's actually, it's actually f-ing boring as because they ride along at 20k an hour mm. and there's just no need for it mm. just get to Paris let's get on with this but it's all part and, pomp, part and parcel of the pomp of the, of the tour pomp and ceremony of the tour yeah very much what so what do we think then is it going to be a fairy tale on the Champs-Elysees is your man going to well, do we it we all hope so don't we he's going for number five yeah I mean I can't see him being beaten personally but you know he's got to get there first and we'll see how it, we'll see how it unfolds alright well we'll all be going absolutely nuts if it happens That's it for this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, brought to you by Zwift, the cycling app that makes training fun because fun is fast. Thank you to Pete Burton, our producer and driver. Uh, You can follow Eurosport on Twitter at Eurosport underscore UK. Plus, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Download and subscribe us wherever you get your podcasts. From me, Graham Wilgos. Brad. Bye. It's goodbye. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.